Today we'll be talking with Simon James Gloftus, the owner of Hellenica and SK Steak and Oyster. Absolute legend. You're going to learn heaps about the industry and uh, what to do in COVID time. Enjoy. Simon Gloftus, welcome to the, the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for being brave enough to come on. You know, there's a lot of people who are a little bit scared of coming on and telling their story. Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, it's a... Nothing else to do at the moment, have we? <laughs> <laughs> you did agree to it when we were busy, okay? We're going to go there. But what are, so you're the owner of Hellenica and SK Steak and Oyster in Brisbane, uh, the previous owner of Hellenica on the Gold Coast. You started a real cool restaurant down there. Was it 10 years ago? Where? where was, you know? Yeah. So my, well, I started in cafes, actually, when I was 20. Um, yeah. My old man helped my brother and I uh, go us a loan to buy a little cafe in Broadbeach went really well it was called three beans um which is actually still there um and then sort of sold that and my brother went off became a builder so he was the smart one became a builder and i stayed in hospitality but so then i just kept opening up cafes i had a little one called little beans in nobbies another one called piccolo on the beach in miami um and then i i I loved cafes but i always i always really enjoyed the food element to it and i was just a food guy you know it was just the way it was i I did sneak off and I did a full uh, real estate license and a couple of things thinking that... Um, the grass was greener. Yeah, or something, I don't know, trying to get a real job, I suppose, or yeah, something like yeah. that. And, uh, and then realised that I was going home and instead of, instead of studying my real estate, my full license, I was actually um, looking at cookbooks and things like that. So I realised quickly that, okay, that's, that's my thing. And I, went, I wanted to open up a, a Greek restaurant. My, my father's Greek and um, I had a, I've got a real attachment to that food. I went over to Greece for a few months just to make sure that, because um, you know, there's, there's, there was a lot of Australian Greek restaurants. I wanted it to be Greek, Greek, and, and having a little, having a Greek restaurant, Nobby's Beach on the Gold Coast, it had to be really authentic. Otherwise, it would never have, never have flown to people from interstate and whatever. And, um, so I did that and opened up Hellenica, and then um, it sort of, I suppose, it, lucky enough, it worked pretty quickly. Like it sort of went straight away, and. Um, and then from there, I opened up, you know, the fish house in Burley and uh, 19 at the start, the casino, and then up in here in Brisbane, the Hellenica, and then, and then now SK as well. So. Is it true that Kelvin's your son? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> For starters, I don't have any kids. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, look, actually, Kelvin's one of those people that have been with me for years. And, yeah. You know, it's so good to have him, and I've actually brought him in as a, as a little, uh, little partner in SK, and um, yeah. along with Theo, who... who um, who actually Theo, Theo's an amazing story. So Theo was my, he was on the Gold Coast delivering linen to the restaurant. Then he started food running. I said, oh, do you need a job, blah, blah, blah. He came and started doing um, uh, food running, just delivering food to the tables, basically. His English was terrible. And um, I actually said to my manager at the time, I said, I know he's Greek and it's a Greek restaurant, but I don't know if this guy, we can keep him on. Like he can't speak English. <laughs> and 10 years later, he still can't speak another. <laughs> no, but what he did was he went from food runner into waiter into um, supervisor, man- uh, floor manager, restaurant manager, and then I actually gave him a share of Hellenica as well. So wow. it's been a really great story between Theo and Kelvin. Um, just just amazing guys uh, that, that, you know, you, you can help build, you can build a business around, you know? So yeah. really lucky, really lucky. You have attracted a really good team around you, like Brian, there's, there's, mm. there's loads of them that I, when I look around. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a, that's a real skill that a lot of people probably, you know, don't necessarily have. You know, how does that come about? Is that just because you're a hospital guy? I, I appreciate that. I just, um, I, I, look, I, 
I've done it my whole life. Hospitality is my whole life, and I and people can say the throwaway line that the staff is is everything and the staff is the business, but that's not a throwaway line with me. That's the truth. It's where it starts and where it's end, where it ends. The staff are everything, and I'm acutely aware of how important um, every single one of them is, from from the girls on the phone to the guys in the kitchen, the dishes, the the people on the floor. So that's that's sort of if. If I was proud of one thing, I'm not real good at talking myself up, but if I was proud of one thing, it would be that I get the right staff and they and they and they believe and we buy in and we all and we all do it together. So that's that I'm glad you brought that because that's really, to be honest with you, that's my whole motto is is looking after the staff so that they look after my customer. That's actually a real um, sign of a leader. Now, uh, Nick just mentioned that not everyone would know who Kelvin is. So Kelvin's the, the chef uh, here at SK. Yeah, yeah. So Kelvin's the chef here at SK and he was working for me. Um, he came into the fish house actually when I was when he sorry when he was I don't know he must have been twenty two or something um, when I owned the fish house and he just was working the deep fries and whatever. I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but we had a chef who was a bit of a nightmare. So I um, I uh, went in one day and Kelvin actually quit, and he was just a good young kid. And I said, "What are you quitting for?" He goes, "Mate, I just can't, I can't." He goes, "I love the industry, but I just can't work with his chef." I said, all right. That was the final straw for me. I said, do you trust me? Kelvin goes, yeah, I do. I said, go home, spend three or four days at home. Don't get another job and you'll be back. You'll be back working here. He goes, okay. I fired the head chef, brought Kelvin on, uh, put a new head chef in place. Kelvin was sous chef. Then Kelvin went to head chef. Then Kelvin went away, uh, worked in some Michelin star joints overseas. I got him back to be my head chef at uh, 19 at the Star uh, on the Gold Coast. Um, and then I actually... Um, I actually walked out of that contract with the casino and uh, and decided to concentrate here in Brisbane and um, got offered this site, SK and I run Kelvin. I said, mate, it's time. I don't want you just as the uh, head chef, though. I want you head chef and partner. And he goes, unreal. And so that's that's Kelvin, yeah. 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 And the other guy, where's he now? The the Greek guy who can't speak Greek? Oh, that's him. Theo's, no wonder you didn't introduce me. Theo's in the room. Ah. <laughs> no, he's... Ah. <laughs> Theo, hey mate. <laughs> We're talking about you. <laughs> I was always wondering where he sort of lurks around, who that guy was. Yeah. Theo brought his English teacher into uh, Hellenic one time, said, this is my English teacher. I said, mate, go get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out too well. <laughs> so we're in the middle of COVID. Mm. Are we in the middle? Who knows? But mm. what are you doing with your downtime? So apart from the, the week leading up to knowing that, sort of knowing that you're going to close but not really knowing or whatever, to be honest with you, it was it was a bit of a meltdown week for me. I was I was uh, I was a mess. I, I couldn't sleep. Every five minutes, I was waking up. It was just I knew that I've you know just between these two restaurants, I think it was 240 staff, um, and I'm trying to hold that together. But but the government's not telling us to close, so I, I, we did, we just didn't know what to do. It was it was a, it was a nightmare. And as soon as for some reason, as soon as the government said you guys are closed, this relief sort of came over me a little bit. Mm. Then I, um, I actually live, well, my place is, uh, I've got a place on the Gold Coast still. And so I just thought, okay, I'm going to go chill out there, go to the beach and just sort of sort of whatever. And the first the first week, I, I was a mess. I was just, it was really hard. I was dealing with, um, you know, I just had to lay off 200 and something staff. I, I didn't know whether we were going to reopen. I, we were trying to close down. I got the, the, the bank ringing me saying, are you going to be able to pay this? Is I got suppliers, including yourself, you know, and, and did I have to make sure that I can look after as many people as I can to keep these relationships going, to make sure that on the other side, you know, we all still respect each other and try to do the right thing by each other. So there's a lot of stuff going on in my head. And then, and then about after about two weeks of that, I now 
I've hit this spot where I'm actually pretty calm. Um, I've calmed down and what we've done is we actually started a little thing and uh, I've got Tessa, uh, my EA, and what, sh- what we've done is we started a little thing called, it started off a bit of, bit of fun, but it's, it's called the Simon James <laughs> University. <laughs> so basically what we and that's my name, basically Simon James. So what we've basically done is we've got um, audio books, we've got motivational speakers, we got, I've got the um, food and beverage director from Dorchester from the Beverly Hills Hotel talking to my staff via Zoom. Um, they've got questionnaires, they've got uh, all, um, these, all these um, self-help courses and books and blah, blah, blah to do. So we're keeping them busy. We're on Zoom calls all the time. And now what we've decided is, right, now we need to f- shift our focus to not just mitigating and making sure that, the, that we whatever, but to actually going, okay, what does this look like on the other side for us? And how, when we come out of it, what do we want to be? And um, I've made some really clear, I was over to, through that sort of time, I've been able to make some really clear choices on what I want on the other side. And, and um, that, that's the stuff that we're really working on now. And, and what we've decided, I suppose we can get into it now, is a lot of, a lot of restaurants and restaurateurs have sort of shit themselves. And I, and I get it because we don't know what's going to happen. Um, they're pairing back menus. They're making things a little bit more casual and this sort of stuff. I actually, um, rightly or wrongly, we'll find out. We'll find out. I've gone the other way. So what we've decided with SK is um, we're taking it from a premium restaurant and keeping it premium, but even going harder again. So, you know, those lobsters and caviar and scallops and that celebratory food. Um, yeah, sure, you can still come and get a $38 steak, but, but those things are going to be pushed hard. We've done a deal with um, to have Cristal champagne poured by the glass, these sorts of things. So we want to make this restaurant the restaurant that people say, okay, we, we, we still want our big night out. We still want to go and, go and have a really beautiful lunch, and that's what SK is going to be. Hellenica, again, same. We could have, we could have paired it back and said, you know, right, okay, let's make this simpler. People are going to have less money and da da da. I've decided against that. So we're pushing again to keep it even more premium again and make sure that that offering is there and and uh, people have that genuine place where they can go to, know they're going to get looked after. There's a sommelier on site. There's a great wine list. There's good service. There's good food. The best, the best produce, um, you know, which is, look, you know, again, you're laughing there with the produce thing, but... That's that's my whole my whole thing. Like, mm. it's all about the produce, and especially at Hellenica, you can't lie with mm. the produce because we don't use sauces. We're not a we're not Italian trattoria where we're pouring tomato sauces over everything. It's literally fish on the grill with maybe some lemon. So, um, it's a Greek salad where you cannot hide away from your ingredients. It is what it is. So those things we're even pushing even further, <clears throat> making sure that um, every box is ticked, no shortcuts whatsoever. And so that that I suppose to answer your question in a long winded version is. Right now, we're making sure that when we reopen, and we will definitely reopen, when we reopen, it's um, not only back to normal, but even even uh, uh, you know two point a more improved version. Wow! So food's in your blood, pretty much. Where does like? Because I watch your Instagram story, the Simon, your private one, and I see the stuff cooking, and then literally my mouth does water, and I go, "Oh my god, like this is just tremendous!" and is that something you were born with, something your parents taught you, something you got with a combination of travel or what is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those, I think some things definitely come natural to some people. And um, I know that anything cre- anything creative actually was, I always felt a lot more natural around. Um, the stuff that I have to work on is the back of how the books and the whatever, that's the stuff that I that I have trouble with. But but the creativity, creative side has always been there and I've always loved food. Coming from a European Family, we always, everyone always says it as a bit of a cliche, but you do learn without even realizing you're learning about food because 
everything is centered around food. We're having lunch talking about what's for dinner. We're having dinner talking about what we're having tomorrow and, and the ingredients. And, and my grandparents had a garden, so a lot of it's coming out of the garden. Um, so I did, I think, I think I learned a lot without realizing it. And then I just, to be honest with you, I sort of fell into it. I started delivering pizzas and washing dishes. And then the pizza guy got sick, so I started making the pizza. Um, and then I went on the floor for a bit. I was a, I was a waiter and then back into the kitchen. And, and I didn't really know that hospitality was my career until maybe, I know this sounds crazy, but five or six years ago. I know that sounds ridiculous. I always thought it was something that I was just doing and falling into and doing and doing. I had passion for it and I really, um, I tried my heart out to make it right, but I didn't know that it was my whole career, mm. you know, but now, obviously. So now, now, I, now you know what you're going to be when you grow up. Yeah, they're definitely going to be when I grow up, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But no, I love, look, I love, I love food, mate. I, I wake up in the morning and I, I start eating and I don't stop until I What do you have for breakfast? What do you have for breakfast today? This morning, what did I do this morning? I went for a nice walk, I'll have you know. <laughs> a really nice walk. No, I had, um, I think I had some bananas and then uh, a couple of bananas and a, um, a thing of muesli this morning. But yeah, and then, and then we get into the really serious stuff for lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what are you having for lunch? Well, I made, I made actually, it was some leftovers from yesterday actually. I made, it's a beautiful, it's called arakas in Greek and it's just peas um, potatoes and sort of some oh, carrots and stuff. I like literally this. saw that on one of your pages oh, when I was page? doing a little thing. Yeah. Like, just doing a little bit of research on you, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's um, that's lunch. And then dinner tonight, um, got some beautiful fish actually. And so we're going to do some uh, Red Emperor just in the oven with a nice Greek salad and big thing of crusty bread and we're away. As, as important as school is, you know, like a lot of people are home right now and they're trying to go through the books. I mean, I think they are learning that it would um, seem that you have had is this, like you said, this cooking and learning. You're learning maths when you're doing it. You think that maybe the people at home and trying to homeschool could, you know, get a bit of that traditional type, you know? Oh, you know what? I think they, I think they are, mate, to be honest yeah. with you. I reckon I'm, I'm watching people's um, Instagram stories and talking to people, whatever, and they're, they're cooking with their kids and they're, they're, you know, they're planting stuff in the garden. They are doing different things. And it's like maybe in a weird way, maybe this is a bit of a, a bit of a wake-up call for all of us and a bit of a reset to go, you know what, you eat three times a day. I mean, Look, there's plenty of things that it's probably good for um, and bad for, obviously, but just talking about food because that's what I'm interested in, it probably teaches people, you know, you're eating three times a day minimum. If you're me, you're eating five, six, seven times a day. And, and you know, it's really important and kids, kids need to understand. They need to understand food and not be scared of it and not, not um, you know, the old thing of where the tomatoes come from, a can and whatever. That's not, you know, they've got to be... They've got to understand that um, that food. If you can look, if you can look at food on a plate, raw, the raw ingredients, and sort of have half an idea how that's going to taste halfway through cooking, and then when it's finished, you're ninety percent of the way there. So I just and you can't, you know, that that excellence in cooking is it's just repetition a lot of the time. Some people, like I said, I think I maybe have a bit more of a skill for it than others or whatever, but. That, that repetition and watching people do that at home now and whatever, I think, yeah, I think it's really important. I think it's, in fact, in, in a lot of ways, I think it's more important than, than standard schooling and, and um, you know, this might be something positive that, that comes out of it. I definitely feel like there's, there is a time to pause and I was, you know, I felt like we were heading along this, you know, dare I say, an American journey where everything was starting to be in a packet and there was a pancake in a bottle and it was everything. We mm. lost a little bit and I felt like we'd lost that European type feel mm. where everything was grown in the garden and made from scratch and... Yeah, so I, I think it's actually super exciting about, you know, what's going on. Absolutely. Um, you used to sell corn a long time ago, someone <laughs> told me. 
Did you say porn? Uh, I know that. I wouldn't ask that question. No, no. I know that. The answer no. is no. But, uh, exactly. Did you used to sell uh, corn on the cob? Mate, I used to sell corn on the cob at uh, Rockley Markets. Oh, right. Is it was that what that first, was? It was my first sort of, I suppose, if you want to call it a little business. I was, uh, I think I was 16 at the time and um, I used to buy corn off uh, one of the fruit and veg suppliers and then I'd, I made these big pots and um, boiled the corn in these pots and then pulled out, put a stick in it and... Uh, Asked the customer if they wanted butter, salt, and pepper. And um, the first week we sold about 20, and then um, up to about 50. And then, to be honest with you, I got to a point where we were near, near on a thousand cobs of corn in a six hours in the morning at the market. Ooh. My little my little food stall. So um, I think I got, that's I think that's when I got over schooling really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I left school then. Actually, it's probably probably about the same time. But well, yeah. How are you now in like maintaining this uh, through this tough time, uh, maintaining your health and your fitness? Is that something you're able to get back on top of as well? And what do you normally do? Like, what is your normal thing? Because everyone can't wake up and and just keep going all the time. And I find like when I talk to a lot of people, like the ones that have got it are doing something very different and changing up their exercise. Is that something that you're doing? Well, I know that I know that I for me for me. I'm eating better than I've eaten in a long time. And because I'm not just grabbing something through the kitchen. And even, you know, I've got there's all this beautiful food. And for some stupid reason, you walk past, uh, you know, a, a tray of hot chips <laughs> and you've got to grab them. You know, I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not doing that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I'm not doing those things. And I am trying to do a bit of, bit of, bit of walking, whatever. And I, as a, as a younger guy, I did a lot of boxing. And um, actually, my father still owns a private boxing gym. So I uh, think it. Literally told today, you have very good technique. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've got back into that a little bit, but um, every bone in my body is sore. Even just thinking about getting back in the ring, it's, uh, it's, um, it's killer. But no, I enjoy that. It's a bit of boxing and it keeps me, that sort of, um, it's not just uh, physical, but that's boxing for mental. Is, there's nothing better. It's actually like, surprising. Like, I, you know, dare I say it, I thought it was a bit of a thugs game for a long time. And then I went and did it and learned the technique and oh, the rem- yes. remembering everything. So good for your feet, your core, your everything. It's actually it's unbelievable. And for your hand-eye coordination, just it, just your brain it clears it clears the head. It gets that. And I think that we all have somewhere inside of a little bit of aggression or a little bit of something that needs to get out. And you know, you brush the cobwebs off, and oh. um, boxing's great for that. I really yeah. do think it. You don't actually have to actually punch someone. You just have no. To no I've never. I've never. I'm scared. I'm the worst. I can't. I'm not going to go <laughs> fight someone. And whatever. No, no chance. But you know. I suppose it is good to know you can do it if you have to, but I'm not. That's not. That's not what it's about. I. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask this question too late now, but I was actually getting dressed this morning and uh, I was thinking about um, you and this podcast and that today, and I thought. And You're I was getting dressed on, thinking about me. I was. I Mate. had my pants off and I was thinking about you. And I was putting on black jeans. And I know you wear black jeans. And I thought, well, I've got to barely pull these things on, right? <laughs> I'm thinking, how does this guy surround himself with all this beautiful food and just and maintain it? It's obviously boxing. You've answered the question already. But, um, yeah, I, I must admit I would be as big as a house if I had to hang around here too much. Oh, and, uh, I, yeah, no, I've, I've had my issues with eating and weight weight gain don't worry about that and, uh, <laughs> yeah. just starting to get it under control and just as i'm nearing 40 i uh it's just become a bit more important i suppose yeah right okay. yeah you're only nearing 40 and look what you've done oh yeah i feel some days i feel 150 140 <laughs> what have been that what's been your biggest challenge uh i i went through there was a timing i had a bit a, a timing issue where i was renovating hellenica gold coast opening up a new venue building some uh, 
building some townhouses and 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 I got caught out. And um, to be honest with you, it was the scariest time of my life because I thought I can literally lose everything here that I've worked for. Um, and it was just it was pure timing. Any it, it was it, it, it's funny you know everything was everything was sailing along perfectly and then one little thing and it just taught me it taught me a, a hell of a lot taught me a lot but that was really hard for me thinking that oh shit I've actually got to be able to um, somehow pull myself out of this otherwise I'm going to go broke and it's going to be a long long t- road back you know mm-hmm. it wouldn't have just been broke and walk away it would have been bankrupt it would have been owing money it would have been whatever and that was probably I don't know, a few years ago so learned a lot from that and um, it's actually probably held me in a little bit better stead now for this uh, this virus that we're going through to, to understand how to manage it and how to sort of um, I don't know. You know what? For lack of a better word, juggle my way through it. You know, who was there for you? I had uh, my father always. He's always there, but um, you know that's limited to what someone can help. How much they can help out. I was. I'm talking about a lot. Of, it was a lot of money that I was yeah. you know, in trouble for. I couldn't. I couldn't just say, "I'll oh, make give me quick ten grand for a week." It wasn't that. Wasn't that. So he he could only go so far. And, and I had another mate actually. Um, I won't mention his name, but he's a, he's a really good mate of mine, and he he. Uh, I spoke to him and he just said, when do you want the money? And I said, well, I sort of need it. And it was in my bank account in like 10 minutes. So, um, Does he get the good lobster? No. <laughs> he gets whatever he wants. <laughs> Look, it wasn't enough. It wasn't nowhere near enough to cover everything, but it yeah. got me to the point where I could, I could um, negotiate, negotiate my way out of it. So I'll be internally grateful for that. Yeah. yeah. What about emotional support? Who, who, who's got you back there? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty lucky. My my family's pretty. We're pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. pretty tight. And I use that. And I've got some good um, good friends. And to be honest with you, I've got a, I've got an ex girlfriend that um, I speak to. She's amazing. And it, it's I know that sounds a bit weird, but um, yeah, no, I've got that. And and my family's my family's tight. I've got a couple of really good mates, and um, we have a laugh and a, a drink and try and uh, you know try and work out the world's problems. Wow. So it's pretty exciting stuff. We've got a little bit of a pause. You're opening up, and you're going to come back bigger and better than ever. Mm. Um, man, you've just told me your life story, and I'm I'm pretty happy. But I have to ask you this pretty important question now. Uh oh, what is your favourite vegetable? Vegetable. That you thought it was going to be fruit. Didn't oh you? yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I did. I thought this fruit question. Fruit's easy. That's watermelon for me. Really? Yeah. It, because after every meal when I was a kid, basically my grandmother would sit out there and cut watermelon, and um, so watermelon was. Was uh, it's an easy one for me, and vegetable. Oh mate, you've got me. You've got me. Finally stumped the man. You stumped me. I do like I do like the you know. Oh, actually, peppers, cap, long caps, uh, the banana capsicums. You know, we right. call them floating as pepperdiers, which is the um, where my dad's from. There, them grilled with olive oil and salt, and that's it. Take the skin off. Peppers. There you go. Did they have watermelons all, all year? Like, no, not really. Well, they do now. Obviously, we get yeah. watermelon all year, but obviously they're better at certain times. Yeah, yeah, we had like we had them. Uh, yeah. yeah, especially in that. I think it's what is it? Late summer, all through summer, and whatever. They're, they're just made the best. Yeah, 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 watermelon was always my thing. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm one of those weird people. I don't like them overripe. I like the uh, when they're touch, oh, we know, yeah, 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 yeah. We know exactly how you like them. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, um, that's always fun to make sure. Oh, it's important to me, you know. Yeah, like you know. You know, now we cut a few. Like we, we get to see the inconsistency of it. You know, yeah. where you know we've got guys who work in fruit shops. Nothing going yet. Like you can have a good bin, and then the bottom layer is just crap. Right you know? it's good, 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 bad. And um, yeah, so mm. 
Mate, well, um, thank you for talking to us. Oh, my pleasure. Any gossip? I didn't make you cry or anything. Is there no, anything, nothing. Nothing, nothing to cry about? <laughs> no? no, no, we're good. No, just for me, I suppose, through this time, it's, uh, you know, everyone, everyone's struggling. We're all struggling together, which, was the, which is, sort of makes it easier for everybody. And in a way, it takes, it takes the pressure off individuals. And, and um, you know, I always say to everyone in the restaurant industry, don't, you know, don't uh, just think you can go and open up a restaurant now, especially um, without doing your homework. Do, do your homework properly and, and do it properly and uh, let's let's hope that the, the ones who do and, and really try and people come back and support and, um, and and we can make this industry which you know when you think about a city with no hospitality in it it might as well be in my opinion it might as well just be bricks and concrete you know the life is gone out of it so we need to make sure that we that we look after this industry and, and really uh, nurture it where do you like to eat um, yeah, uh, Oh God, I, I I do eat a lot in my restaurants. I'll be honest, and I eat a lot. I, I once a week I go to mum and dad's um, on a Monday night. We always try, no matter what, we go there, and no matter what mum cooks, I always I, I love that. But I've got I've got a few favourite restaurants. I got, you know, I like my Vietnamese soups. I like um, a little simple pasta from Beccafino down the road. Oh uh, like, yeah, you know different things. So whatever. I got, I got plenty. I reckon yeah. Becca Finley gets mentioned in nearly everyone of our podcasts. Really? I, yeah. I, it's one. It's, you know, dare I say it's one of my yeah. favourites as well. But yeah, uh, yeah. The, um, uh, the chicken burgers at Same Same. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I've ever, if I've ever had a few drinks, <laughs> <laughs> mate, those chicken burgers are insane. <laughs> uh, what, are you reading any books at the moment? I'm not a big uh, – so I think I've got – I think uh, when I was younger, they told me that I had a bit of a learning, a learning thing and I, I find it really hard to read. But I do listen to a lot of audio books because I just enjoy it when I'm going for a walk or something like that. And um, uh, at the moment, my, my staff are doing it, so I'll, I'll do it as well. Normally, I don't do business-related ones, but – um, at the moment, Danny Meyer, the restaurateur from uh, uh, from America, he's got a great audio book that we're all listening. I, mean, I can't remember the name. Can you believe it? Uh, but um, we're all listening to it at the moment. It's re- it's really good actually for anyone in hospitality. It's a it's a really good one to listen to. You're full of fantastic advice, and you're a real leader of the industry. And I'm sure everyone um, um, does admire you and look up to you. And um, thank you for having a chat with us. And uh, we look forward to getting the other side of this and bigger and better. Absolutely. Thanks very much. Appreciate thank you. it.